Let's open up our Bibles today to Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Isaiah chapter 9. As we're going to talk about why a baby. Why a baby? Isaiah chapter 9. And we'll start in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And thus ends our reading. I know this is a bit of a rewind, but you know, I really love the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Can I, can I get a witness somewhere? Anybody else love the Thanksgiving Parade? I really, really do. Uh, I love the marching bands and the floats and the singing and the dancing and the huge balloon characters. I just think it's really fun. And I, I really also love that it is the, the cultural beginning uh, of, of the Christmas season. I think it's pretty fantastic. I love the parade, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, except for the ending. And I don't mean that I wish it would just keep going. <laughs> what I really think, really don't like about the ending of the parade, of course, is Santa Claus, that whole idea. I really don't like the idea that everybody gets excited for Santa at the end of the parade when it's Jesus' birthday. That just seems wrong. Try to imagine it. You know, it's your birthday, and your family gets excited about somebody else. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not cool at all. But I know, I mean, but I do get it. I can, I can rationally get it, the idea that, well, I, I mean, uh, what are you supposed to, uh, at the uh, back uh, end of the parade, the float, are they supposed to have Mary and Joseph in costume, right? And, and they're supposed to hold up baby Jesus like it's the Lion King or something, right? That, that would be a little unusual. <laughs> Babies aren't really very exciting. They just aren't. But why did the Lord come to us as a baby? I mean, you think about how God revealed himself to people in the Bible, and he, never, he, ne he didn't do it as a baby <laughs> until this last time, right? I mean, the Lord walked with Adam and Eve every day, in the garden. Well, baby can't do that. God revealed himself to, to Abraham on many different occasions, including a face-to-face -face conversation about Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember that? Well, baby can't do that. God talked to Moses from the burning bush and face-to-face -face on the mountain and a great experience up there, and, you know, baby can't do that. God revealed himself to Solomon, uh, to various prophets, uh, to the disciples both before and after the resurrection, 
to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus uh, and to St. John in the book of Revelation. And a baby can't do those things. So why a baby? How many of you heard about the birth of Luke Graham? Did you hear about the birth of Luke Graham? Anybody? Well, Luke Graham was born on October the 10th, 2019. He weighed seven pounds and 12 ounces and 19 inches long. He already has a pretty nice head of hair. Uh, he's got some really dark, beautiful, intense eyes. He's a very happy and smiling baby. And his parents, Rob and Dora Graham, are over the moon with their first child. Isn't that fantastic? And you don't care. And you don't care. Well, it's not a bad thing that you don't care. You just don't have a relationship with Rob and Dora Graham. You don't have a relationship with Luke. It's only natural not to care. The birth of a baby is about as common an event as can be had. Common as dirt. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west and, and lots and lots and lots of babies are born every single day, including the very day, the very moment, the very hour in which Christ was born. The only way to get excited about a baby is a relationship, a connection to that child. And everyone who was excited about baby Jesus had a spiritual and supernatural connection to Jesus. As we just read in Isaiah, and we could have read, you know, the virgin, behold, the virgin will be with child. Isaiah was excited about the virgin birth. He was excited about uh, the coming of the eternal father. Joseph was excited uh, about the birth of God's son. Mary was excited to see the baby born of the Holy Spirit's power. Uh, the Magi were excited to see the king of the Jews whose star they had been following for years. The shepherds were excited to see the child the angels had announced, and the angels themselves were excited because the Savior of mankind had come. So how was your excitement level for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ? How about your family? Were they more excited about Santa, like at the end of the parade, or Jesus? I mean, babies aren't very exciting. And it takes faith and a revelation from the Holy Spirit to understand that the baby in the manger is wonderful. He is the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I want you to think, here we are four days after having celebrated the birth of Christ, and think about what Jesus was doing four days after his birth, four days after your child's birth. What were they doing? Not much, <laughs> right? A lot of sleeping, 
eating, crying, and, you know, pooping, whatever they used for diapers back then. That's what Jesus was up to. Not much. It takes faith and a Holy Spirit-delivered revelation to be excited about the birth of Christ, about a baby. And you and I only have that faith-based Holy Spirit revelation of who Christ is. And it's only by continued faith and revelation of who Jesus Christ is that we continue to grow and change and be more and more like Christ every day. Christ's birth ushered in a new era of grace. And this coming Wednesday, we face the opportunity of a new year and a new decade. And so the question before us is, will we allow the Lord to continue to deliver a growing, changing revelation of who Christ is? Will we allow him to deliver that revelation that makes us as Christians and our lives better? And in that growth and change, make the lives of those around us better. You know, God isn't just, God isn't just in heaven. He's not afar off. You know, he's just here in your heart, right? I mean, the distance between, right, between point A and point B just isn't very large. Between your heart and your head. If you were a wise man, one of the magi, and you saw the star rise in the east, and somehow you understood who was born, would you pack your bags and move? Would you pack your bags and start heading towards Jerusalem? It just takes, that takes something supernatural. Doesn't it? I think it does. And of course, you and I are, we're on a constant journey. You're not going to be the same person tomorrow that you are today. The changes that go on in all of us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, they're real, and they happen every day. And the beautiful thing is that we get to choose whether those are good changes or not. The wise men followed that star and kept following that star and kept following that star until they came to where Jesus was. Now, you and I, we already have Jesus, but will we keep moving 
with Jesus as he leads us on. I don't know about you, but my real desire in 2020 is to see Jesus in a whole new way. You know, the Apostle John followed Jesus around for three years, wandered up and down Galilee and Judea, was present at both Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection. And arguably, the Apostle John was the closest person to Jesus. But if you think about the Apostle John's experience with Jesus in Revelation, he had a very different experience, didn't he? So here is the Apostle John who witnessed all of Jesus' life and was a witness throughout uh, his own life to the resurrection and ascension, the continued life of Jesus Christ. And he is face to face with Jesus in the book of Revelation and it is so powerful and so different than anything he's ever experienced that he falls as dead at Christ's feet. That's powerful. And that's what I'm after. And really, that's what I'd like for you to, to have a greater revelation of not just who Jesus was when he was walking this earth, but who he is now. He ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. Well, what does that intercession look like? What does it sound like? What is he praying? And how do I get involved in his prayers? How do my prayers line up with his prayers? Man. That's powerful agreement, amen? See, just as Christ grew progressively into fulfilling the calling that uh, Isaiah describes, we too must allow the Lord to progressively fulfill his promises in our lives. We must allow him to make the changes. He is the potter and we are the clay, and we have to allow him to mold us to be more like Christ. Well, how do we do that? Well, we choose to emphasize our relationship with him. See, I don't know what season you are, what season you're in in your relationship with the Lord, but a daily, dynamic, vital fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you isn't optional. It's not optional. You can, it, it should be like this, you can no more separate yourself from the fellowship of God in your life then you could separate yourself from your thumb. You need that thing. <laughs> You've got to have it. 
in the same way, your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with him should be vibrant, growing, and dynamic. You know, that's going to require the idea that the mistakes that we make, the sins that we commit, small or large, that we are really, we are really, really, really quick to come to a place of repentance, to humble ourselves before the Lord and get right with him and keep on moving. Because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, the Lord will tell you to do something and you'll have an argument with yourself over whether or not it was really the Lord telling you to do it. And he'll continue to persist in telling you what to do. And the choice is yours or mine to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. No matter how big and no matter how small, And when you miss it, when the Lord tells you to do something, no matter how small, and you fail to do it, I, I mean, I've done it, and done it recently. Well, we've got to repent and keep on moving forward. We cannot allow our failure as human beings to prevent our growth and closeness to God. We cannot harden our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit that he tells us to move and then we move. We can't get in the habit of, oh, I missed it. He told me to move and I didn't move. And we can't get in the habit of just pushing him aside and pushing him aside. We've got to be quick to repent, to apologize. And, and we've got to be determined that we're going to listen, we're going to obey. And the only acceptable answer when God tells us to do something is yes. And as a military community, we ought to be used to those sorts of, you know, people give orders and we say yes. Amen? Yeah. See, Isaiah had an interaction with the Holy Spirit, and thank God he was obedient to speak about the coming Messiah. What, like 800 years before he showed up? I think that's right. I'd have to look that up for, to be absolutely certain. But it's like, like 760, 750 years before Jesus shows up. He's writing about the wonderful counselor, Amazing. It's just amazing. Thank God he was, he was faithful to obey and write those things down. Mary and Joseph had an interaction with the angel Gabriel and accepted, received the message that he, he gave. It was God's message, right? And they accepted the manifestation of the Messiah. You and I are the temple 
of the Holy Spirit by faith in the resurrected Messiah. And we have that same power in us that was expressed in Isaiah, Mary, and Joseph. I'm not saying that any one of us are going to have a virgin birth anytime soon. And I'm not expecting the idea that you would take pen to paper and start writing extra books of the Bible. Please don't do that. <laughs> but I certainly am expecting the idea that God tells you to pray for somebody, even if it's a total stranger, that you would ask and offer that prayer. See, one of the reasons that Jesus came to us as a baby is to emphasize the supernatural relationship that we are supposed to have with God, with one another, with creation, and the people in the world around us. None of the events of Christ's birth make any sense apart from God expressing his will and his powers in ways that are contrary to the natural order. I'll say it again. None of the events of Christ's birth make any sort of sense apart from God's expressing his will and power in ways that are totally contrary to the natural order. And you and I, we've got to increasingly have a, a spiritual perspective, the Holy Spirit's perspective on the natural order around us. God made the laws of physics, but he is very free and often does ignore them all. And thank you, Lord, that you do. Amen? <laughs> See, the odds against you don't really matter at all because nothing is impossible with God. The odds for you, the odds against you, the likelihood that a single event would ever happen don't matter at all to God. He's just not interested. He's not impressed. Have you ever purchased a lottery ticket? And on the back of the ticket, it tells you the odds. It's one in, you know, hundreds of millions to win that thing. God's not impressed. God doesn't calculate the odds because the odds don't count. He's not subject to the very laws that he has made. Gravity? Jesus broke that one. He walked on the water. He's, God is just not impressed. And so we have got to have an ever-increasingly spiritual perspective, the Holy Spirit's perspective, on what is... You know there's a difference between what is a fact and what is the truth. The truth, 
a wise man wants to find the truth like this. If you've got a pen, write this down. The truth is reality as seen from God's perspective. Truth is reality as seen from God's perspective. Not from your perspective or from my perspective or from the newspaper or the television or the movie. Uh, God does not care about the mountain standing in front of you. He only cares about your faith in him to move the mountain. That's all. Because the man who made the mountain and holds the mountain together is certainly capable of not only making it, but destroying it, moving it out of your way in just an instant. And that's why I have hope for Mary that we prayed and we agreed. And I expect that God is even now from the moment we prayed for her, doing a wonderful work, a wondrous work in her body. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you really believe in a virgin birth? In the virgin birth of God himself, born a baby in Bethlehem, you know that a virgin birth is against all natural order. In the virgin birth, God makes something, a baby, out of nothing. You remember your biology. You've got to have two parts RNA to make one strand of DNA. That's you. That's how you came about. That's how I came about. But that's not how Jesus came about. God, fully man, fully man, fully God. That's who Jesus is. Do I understand how he did that? No, I do not. <laughs> I have no clue how God did that. But thank you, Lord, you did. Amen? It makes no sense but it only makes sense if you understand that 800 years before, the, the prophet Isaiah says, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, Emmanuel, who is God with us. Amen? Hallelujah. See, if you believe in the miracle of the virgin birth, then you have to believe the miracles of healing in the Bible, and the miracles of deliverance and of raising the dead. Hallelujah. And Christ's own resurrection and ascension and his second coming, Lord, come soon. And see, if you believe in all of those things, and you've got to challenge yourself. You've got to challenge yourself because what you and I call supernatural, God just calls natural. This is just who he is and what he does. And he does it all the time. The book of Hebrews says it this way, that Jesus is right now 
speaking and he is holding all things together with his powerful word. Go read that in Hebrews, I think it's chapter one. He is holding it all together. You and me are the miracle. Just our mere existence in this very moment, he is speaking and holding us all together. And the pew that you're sitting on, all things, that's an amazing miracle. It's amazing for us. It's just, it's, it's just you know, any other Sunday or Monday or any other day of the week for God. We've got to challenge ourselves and open that door, the door that is already living on the inside of you, that door of relationship, of supernatural relationship with God. We've got to open it wider. We've got to choose to open it wider and wider still in this coming year, to have that deeper relationship. That is your heart's desire, believe it or not. Your heart always yearns for something. And that something is really a someone. And it really is Jesus Christ. It really is the presence of God. You say, oh, but I've been a believer for, for, you know, for decades. Well, praise God for that. Guess what? There's more. There's more than what you've experienced and there's more than what I've experienced. And guess what? There always will be. And that's the beauty that none of us will be perfect until Jesus Christ himself returns. There's always something more. And that is a great gift from God. That this whole faith thing that we are doing, this relationship with Jesus Christ, is an adventure. I want you to think, think about your military career. Think about where you have served overseas and uh, the wars that you've fought in and the things that you've done for God and country. Well, there's more adventure. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. There is a great adventure today for you. And God only wants to increase his relationship and the adventure, your adventure together. So that's the challenge in this coming year to have a deeper, more supernatural relationship with our supernatural God. Because relationship is why Jesus came as a baby. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't offer you the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if I could have every eye closed and every head bowed, please. If you are here today and you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you know, he, he died for your sins. And he rose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. And in an instant, he'll change your heart. 
take away those sins and give you a new life, an eternal life. If you would like to pray a prayer, put your faith in Jesus Christ, let me see your hand. Hallelujah. All righty. All over the place. That's great. It's beautiful. You know, the challenge is to step into a deeper relationship if you've already got one with Jesus Christ into a more supernatural relationship with the resurrected Jesus. If you'd like to commit yourself to that growth, that change, that more supernatural relationship with Jesus Christ in the coming year, let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Yes, amen, all over. Praise God. Well, what a beautiful thing. Well, let us pray together. I'll ask you to pray after me. Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I put my faith in you. I trust in your righteousness, Jesus, and not my own. I say by faith that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you, I am cleansed. I am free, and heaven is my home. Now, Lord, I swing open the door of my heart and I ask for a deeper relationship with you, a supernatural relationship with you. Give me your perspective to see things from your perspective and to live the supernatural life that you have called me to live. I receive all of these things by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a, a hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Let's stand together and we'll sing our, our final hymn.